Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Uh, one of my favourite stories this year is Volkswagen's plan to spin out Porsche into a separate publicly traded company. Volkswagen are still going to be very much in control, but it looks like investor appetite is very, very strong. The crazy thing, though, is the valuation they are looking to achieve. Volkswagen, as of last night, had a market cap of £91 billion, but they're hoping to achieve a valuation for Porsche of 70 to £75 billion. Now, just think about that. It implies the non-Porsche part of Volkswagen, the VW-branded cars, Audi, Seat, Lamborghini, it implies all of that is worth just £14 billion. Oh, and Volkswagen will still have a significant stake in Porsche after this deal. Now, to discuss all this, I caught up with Conor Maguire, who is the author of the Value Situations newsletter, and I began by asking how it would be possible that this valuation could be achieved, because it seems totally nuts. Yeah, it does. And I suppose it really reflects two things. I mean, firstly, uh, and, and this applies, I suppose, to cross, across all uh, auto manufacturers, is that, the, you know, over the, in the coming years, the traditional internal combustion engines are going to be phased out. And so they are going to have to invest enormous amounts in electric vehicles and battery technology. So in, in one sense, the market is, is discounting uh, the, the scale of investment that's to come. But I suppose more pertinent in the in the Volkswagen and Porsche case is that it, there's a very complex and convoluted ownership structure uh, behind it. And so really, in terms of public public investors in, in Volkswagen, you've really got two shares, two classes of shares, voting shares and ordinary shares. And really, it, it, it's really the preference shares that are the more liquid shares that are available to, to public investors. And so um, the the valuation really reflects a discount for for governance and owner. Uh, it's an ownership discount, effectively. And that doesn't seemingly apply to Porsche. Well, it it it, it, it nominally it, it, it doesn't. I mean, it, you you you've seen the headlines where um, you know they're looking for a valuation of seventy five billion, and it looks like they're going to get that on, on Porsche, and that equates to you know nearly ninety percent of Volkswagen's market cap. But I suppose really in in terms of the Porsche IPO. Um, there's kind of two elements to it. There's the optics of it, and then there's the reality of it. And what I mean by that is, in terms of the optics, you know, they're 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 spinning off or um, listing a portion of, uh, of of the the Porsche automobile company, in the hope that it kind of replicates what uh, Fiat uh, achieved with Ferrari, and that when Fiat previously owned Ferrari, uh, they they spun off a minority stake in the company, and that went on to to, to multiply by five times in ter- in terms of market cap over the the, the last six years. Um, the, 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 the Volkswagen's management are hoping the same kind of type of value is unlocked with Porsche, and so that's the that's the optics in terms of unlocking value and raising the cash that they can invest in their electric vehicle technology. However, the reality of is of this situation is that it's not really a, a true IPO. It's it's a very limited issuing of preference shares, which are non-voting shares to public investors. And at the same time, an off-market sale effectively of about 25% controlling stake to a related party, which is the ultimately the ultimate controllers of both Volkswagen and Porsche, which is the Porsche and Piek families who are you know, the historical families behind the, the Porsche brand. How is it possible that merely selling off a minority stake into an IPO can lead to a five-fold increase in value? Is it something to do with this, this trend that the conglomerate model is out of favour. Well, in the case of Ferrari, so that's that's the kind of the five X that that Porsche maybe are aspiring to achieve on this. But 
the you know that I mean that, that really reflects um, you know I suppose scarcity value in a luxury brand. You know, in terms of Ferrari, you know, I think the average price of a Ferrari is is, is kind of two hundred and fifty thousand euros. So it's you know it's a super luxury brand. They only make so many of them a year. There's waiting lists, and so there's a scarcity value. Uh, and and Ferrari itself, given it, given its its model, is a very high margin business. And so similarly, uh, Porsche, while I would, I would argue it's not a, a luxury brand, it's a premium brand, sure, but not, not a super luxury brand. But again, it's this perceived prestige, scarcity value uh, that, that they hope will, will, will you know, generate investor interest in, in this IPO. And also the fact that you know, there's a very small percentage of the shares or float being offered to the public investors. I mean, on a headline basis, they're saying they're offering 25% of the, the preference shares to public investors. When you when you strip that back to kind of the, you know, there's some cornerstone investors, the Qantara Investment Authority and a few other large institutions. When you strip that out, it's, it's much less than that that's actually available to public investors. The fact that there are no voting rights attached to the shares being sold to the public, is that something that would ordinarily make you think, Mm, maybe I should steer clear of this. Um, well, it, it is potentially. I mean, it, it, it depends. I mean, you, you can still share in the economics of the of the business of the Porsche business if it's successful and it generates the earnings that it's projected to generate. You just, as a as a preference shareholder through the IPO, if you invest in the IPO, you don't have any say. You don't get to vote on resolutions or anything like that at the core. The, the you know the at, at the company level. So. Um, but in on the flip side of that, you know the preference shares carry a, a you know a kind of a preferred dividend. You know you get a slightly, a very slightly higher dividend than than the ordinary voting shares, which Volkswagen will retain seventy five percent of, and the um, the controlling family, the Porsche PX families, will, will will control another chunk of. So, um, you know, I suppose really, if you're investing in 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 the preference shares here, you're kind of going along for the ride, so to speak, with with the uh, with the controlling families. So that's, I suppose, on the on the, on the share class question. Um, I'm sorry. One other point I mentioned that is that a lot of the the very popular tech shares over the last cycle, in terms of Facebook, um, Google, and that, also have a, a dual um, share class structure where. You know the the the, uh, the the CEOs and the founders of those companies ultimately had voting control, but that didn't put off public investors. Obviously, when you you look at the the share price performance of those companies over the last cycle, does the fact that Oliver Bloom, the CEO of Volkswagen, is going to stay as the CEO of Porsche, does that concern you? This guy running two public companies. I mean, that really reflects. The, the control again coming back to that of, of the the controlling families they um you know they control Volkswagen through voting shares that they hold in Volkswagen they will continue contro- to control it after the IPO and and likewise that the, ultimately they control the Porsche um, auto business as well they I mean he I suppose effectively he's their man uh, that they are are comfortable with leading the company and protecting their interests as well as you know I suppose um Leading the company, you know, kind of into the next the next phase of its life. So, um, you know, you know, basic kind of corporate governance, you know, would would say that you should have separate, you know, separate CEOs across across, um, you know, your subsidiaries and 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 also then obviously a separation of chairman and CEO. So, I mean, some people may have issues with it, but I think the reality of it is that Porsche, being a prestige brand, um, limited free float, I think. A lot of people will, will, a lot of investors will, will get comfortable with that. Um, 
And I think based on kind of the initial indications that the the the, the share allotments uh, are well oversubscribed in terms of the kind of the the pre-listing interest. So um, I think people are just going to get comfortable with that. So you think they'll get the, the 70 to 75 billion valuation they're looking for? Um, that's from what I'm hearing. That's the that's the indication so far that the yeah they, they're they're well oversubscribed and they've got a number of very large cornerstone investors. I think the Qatar Investment Authority is one, um, and a number of large institutional investors as well. So that with with that, you know, I think of the shares that are actually available to the to to, to the public, I think roughly about forty percent of them are already spoken for. Um, so you know, I think it, it shouldn't be um, as hard a task to fill the balance of it. If this works, Connor, it seems to me they'd be crazy not to do this with other brands. Audi is probably the obvious next one. Yeah, well, I, I would say there's probably three brands that Volkswagen continue to own that you know they could monetize. It would make sense for them to monetize. Um, Audi is one. I mean, that's essentially another. Uh, you know, it's like owning another BMW type uh, mark. And I mean, on my numbers, that's probably worth fifty to sixty billion. Um, they may want to hold on to that, though, as a kind of a premium mark to complement their kind of more mid-range uh, Volkswagen mark. But then aside from that, um, they own Lamborghini, which is a peer of Ferrari. They, that, that, I mean, if you apply Ferrari's valuation metrics to Lamborghini, that should be Lamborghini should be worth about 15 billion. Um, and I would have thought that there is little... Um, you know, there's little strategic or commercial sense in owning Lamborghini for 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 Volkswagen. I mean, they're obviously very different types of cars, uh, to very different end markets and price points. So that's one they could, I, I'd imagine, they could easily monetize. Similarly, they own they also own Bentley, um, and again, in my numbers, that's probably worth something like ten billion. Um, you know, that's a that's a premium luxury brand as well. That you know, I I could imagine they could monetize to you know to to some other trophy asset uh, buyer or investor. And that was Conor McGuire, there, author of the Value Situations newsletter. That's it. Breakfast business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.